Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. John, I'm Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. We have breaking news on our watch. Claims of deep state intrusion, claims of abuse of the government being used for political purpose, They were more true than we knew. Trump was making those claims, but he was also the one doing what he was complaining about. The New York Times nails the Trump administration for going to extremes to track down leaks in the early years of the term, hunting for sources behind media reports about contacts between Trump associates and Russia, contacts that happened. The Times says the Trump trio J under Jeff Sessions, took the extraordinary step of having prosecutors subpoena Apple for data from the accounts of at least two Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, along with their aides, their family members, and even kids. And they put a gag order on Apple. So Apple wasn't allowed to tell anybody about what was going on, even though they were main members of this government. Now, one of them was Adam Schiff, who's now chairman of the Intel Committee. He ultimately led the prosecution in Trump's first impeachment. He is coming on this show in a moment, but this is much bigger than him. He tells the Times the subpoenas for data on him and others were used as a cudgel against his political opponents, Trump's political opponents, and members of the media. The politicization of the department and the attacks on the rule of law are among the most dangerous assaults on our democracy carried out by a former president. Remember, we know that Trump took this stuff very seriously because he complained about it all the time. This is the deep state. What was that about? It was using those who are behind the machinery of government to do bad political things. That is exactly what he was doing, according to the New York Times. The White House was adamant that the sources be found and prosecuted, they report. And the Justice Department began a broad look at national security officials from the Obama administration. We had heard of going after reporters, even their phone records, including a member of CNN. But going after the main members of the opposing party and their families? The New York Times reports that investigators also opened cases that focused on then-FBI Director Comey and his deputy at the time, Andrew McCabe, and that repeatedly the same staff that was tasked with these investigations kept arguing there was no case and that it looked bad, but they were told by Sessions and then Bill Barr to keep going, sparking concerns this was about politics, not protecting national security. Andrew is with us tonight, along with Norm Eisen. Good to have you both. Uh, Andrew, obviously, you're aware of some of this because you were caught up in it, uh, understanding more of the scope and who they were going after and what the pushback was from the same staff. What does it tell you? Well, honestly, Chris, I mean, I, I, obviously, I know that the president and his uh, henchmen have had it out for me for many years. I mean, that's not a surprise. But the revelations that we've been privy to over the last few weeks about the subpoenas of uh, journalists' records and now the absolutely, I don't want to say unprecedented, the groundbreaking step of subpoenaing data, private data of a sitting member of Congress. Like, I had never, uh, I had no no idea that that kind of stuff was going on. And it is just, I, you know, 21 years in law enforcement. I served at every level you can possibly serve at as an agent in the FBI. And I have never seen activity like this uh, on the part dictated by the Department of Justice. I think that William Barr will go down in history as the person most responsible for undermining the Justice Department and using it as a political weapon, more so than anyone who has sat in that chair in the entire history of this department. It's an absolute disgrace what he did to that institution. Norm, have you ever heard of anything like this? And why is it remarkable to you? 
Chris, in, in my 30 years in Washington, uh, representing people in front of Congress and at DOJ, working in government and the executive branch as a staff member, like those staff members who got subpoenaed in Congress, it is completely uh, uh, without uh, a precedent. Uh, uh, it's groundbreaking and earth-shaking. And uh, there are going to be consequences. There's going to be fallout, Chris. You're going to see congressional investigations. We're going to need to have a policy or maybe laws, not just to protect reporters. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but to protect members of Congress. Chris, they even went after the child of uh, one of these targets uh, on the Hill to get information about a child's account from Apple. And then uh, there's the question of Bill Barr, as Andy says. Uh, we've already had two judges criticize him for a cover-up. Uh, in connection with uh, uh, protecting Trump from obstruction charges. Now people are going to be looking at his law license afresh. So expect a lot of legal fallout from this. Uh, in terms of the practicality of it, Andrew, when you were in the, you know, you, you served at the highest levels of the DOJ. If you had guys and women that you would task with something come to you repeatedly and say, it's not there. This is getting weird that you have us on this. We're not finding anything. And even the things we're finding, even against Comey, we can't make a case. What, how often was it that you guys would say, keep looking, keep looking, just keep looking? A anyone who has served in a leadership position in the, in the FBI or the Department of Justice will tell you that your job as a leader is to oversee these, org these investigations, to so listen to what your investigators tell you, to, to process the facts as they are uncovering them. And, and to take the recommendations of your investigative teams in terms of the steps you're going you're gonna to take going forward. So on the day they come to you and say, we think we're done, you know, you may question and ask a few questions and make sure that all the T's have been crossed and the I's are dotted. But when the investigators say there's, there's no case here, then that's the time to stop the institution from investigating a private citizen. It's um, clearly, you know, what you had here was William Barr throwing a Hail Mary pass to try desperately to generate some sort of information to put some of the president's enemies in jail. Um, I know this from personal experience. So uh, in some really sad way, I'm not surprised with some of these revelations. Jeff Sessions first and then William Barr. Uh, Norm, the idea of, well, this is what the government does. No. This is not the same thing as going after um, Congressman Matt Gates for alleged behavior where you have proof and allegations of criminality from another guy who's already indicted. This was an investigation in search of a crime, in search of proof, not the opposite. Big distinction? Uh, yes. You, there are cases where there have been serious allegations of corruption by a member of Congress. The William Jefferson case is one that comes to mind. Uh, where, you know, there's investigative tools that are deployed. But Chris, this was a pure act of, uh, of political retaliation. It was abuse of power. We, we talked this week about the president's former lawyer and the extraordinary things the White House counsel said, uh, describing the president's behavior as crazy stuff, only he didn't use the word stuff. This is more of the same, and it makes you wonder how much more of this is going to come out? How much more abuse happened by Trump and by uh, those who were doing his bidding? And in the Department of Justice, that is just appalling. Uh, and I think there are going to be consequences for Barr out of this revelation. And there should be. Right. But look, Pelosi says she supports Chairman Schiff. We're going to have him on coming up in the show. But this is much bigger than Schiff. Um, and uh, the idea that they're going to look into it. Okay. Now, what is most shocking in terms of scale here, Andrew? You have Sessions does it, okay? Uh, maybe or maybe not at Trump's direction, okay? We had heard that he was directing him uh, in public to do it. So we assume that the president was telling the truth because the same thing was happening. Then it gets shut down by lack of information. Then Barr comes in, and in February of 2020, Barr brings in a new guy, a prosecutor from New Jersey with no particular pedigree uh, in this type of stuff. He was about gangs and healthcare fraud to reopen all of the cases. People come and I'm reading this from The New York Times. They come and tell Mr. Barr 
And Mr. Benvenuto, at multiple meetings, it's not there. It's not there. Uh, we can't do anything with this. And they are told to keep going. I've never heard of anything like that before, of things being reopened is rare enough once you guys shut it down, if there's no new information. But to have somebody say, no, we got to keep doing this. Go find it, right? So when, when have we heard this before? Well, we heard it pretty recently in Trump's phone call to the Secretary of State of uh, Georgia, go find my votes, go find the fraud for the election. That was the modus operandi of this administration. They wanted what they wanted and they didn't care what they had to do to get it. So two things quick, Chris. I will tell you, I oversaw many leak cases in my time as National Security EAD and also Deputy Director. Eric Holder changed the rules on how we could think about going after reporters' uh, information. And essentially, it eliminated it. It didn't happen after after Holder changed that policy. So the fact that they did it so many times in the last few years of the Trump administration is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And the last point I'd leave you with is, let's remember, as a point of context, this is the same group that's still yelling and screaming. Trump is still yelling and screaming to this day about how dare us actually seek FISA coverage over a former campaign foreign policy advisor who'd already been separated from the campaign and who Carter Trump Page. couldn't pick out of a lineup. That's right. And now let's, and, and this is the same group that's so offended by that, but they're actively pursuing the records of members of Congress and the media to pursue some, uh, some leak conviction fantasy. It's I mean, that is the disgusting aspect the of the height of hypocrisy. Look, I mean, look, you, you read the reporting for yourself at home and you backtrack it and just start with this one understanding. They were looking at these guys for breaches of national security. But by definition, Trump, if you believe him, there couldn't have been a breach of any national security because there were no contacts that were in any way damning. So why would you have people looking for leaked information that was a matter of national security if you believed everything that had been done was fine? So, Norm, you take it from there. And this is a man in an administration, as Andrew uh, tickles the point, where they bang deep state, they bang guys like you and McCabe, you deep state people who've been around government, you abuse the processes for political power, that's what you do. Have you ever seen a more egregious example than this? Chris, it's the naked abuse of power for retaliation, revenge, and destruction. And you can draw a straight line through uh, from Trump's comments, Russia, if you're listening, abuse as a uh, you'll be mightily rewarded. Abuse as a candidate to his abuses in office. Uh, uh, we're finding out more about what went on. And, um, you know, the capacity, we should not lose our capacity to be shocked about this. But we also should ask, what can we do to make sure that people face consequences, starting with a challenge to Bill Barr, legal ethics, he should not any longer be allowed to have his law license? And how can we change it so this never happens again in America? Hmm. I don't, Andrew, do you have an answer to that question? And is part of the answer found in the fact that, as I identified in the reporting, Mr. Demers, Ms. Edelstein, Mr. Blue, and Mr. Benvenuto are all still at the Justice Department. And therefore, they're not able to say, I don't want to talk about this because they'll be talking to their bosses. Uh, and they can go through what they were told uh, and now do it through the lens of Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, how important is that, that they're still there in terms of understanding what this was about and what change needs to be taken? Yeah, well, where is the investigation, right? Where is the outrage from the DOJ IG? Where, you know, as sitting uh, employees, they, can, they have to cooperate with that sort of uh, investigation unless they face some political, uh, I'm sorry, unless they face criminal liability individually, which is uh, unlikely here. So uh, yeah, they're there. If there was a legitimate investigation of this put forth by either the AG or the inspector general, um, they would have to tell what they knew. There will be records of those conversations. There will be emails, there will be text messages between employees, and all of that stuff should be looked at. We need an accounting as a nation of what happened inside our Department of Justice. It's not Trump's Department of Justice or Biden's or anyone else's. It's the People's Department of Justice. 
and it looks like it was taken pretty far off the rails. Uh, let's do this. Let me take a break. There's a lot more in the reporting here uh, in terms of the scale of the scope. And he, one of the things that makes it most shocking, again, I, I've made this point um, with Andrew, but not in context of everything that happened. The number of times that Sessions and then Bill Barr were told, we don't know why you're having us do this. And things that happened that made it pointless and were ignored are just as shocking as who they went after. Please, Andrew, Norm, I'll buy you dinner. I'm sure you're missing invitations right now. Stay with us and we'll keep this up uh, because this is a very important story for people to understand about how our government was being abused. Stay with us. This is CNN Breaking News. CNN has confirmed that the Trump administration was using the Department of Justice and its assets and resources to go after political rivals in looking for leaks specifically about contacts between the Trump administration and Russian associates. Now, we have never seen or heard of the detailed scope and extent of going after political opposition without finding a single shred of proof, with investigators consistently pushing back against their bosses that there's nothing there and this is going to look bad. We just got from the House Intelligence Committee the following. Individuals associated with the committee, we know at least Chairman Schiff and another Democrat, so two sitting members of the House Intelligence Committee, they had scrubbed metadata, went to Apple, got a gag order so Apple couldn't tell them until just now. This was in 2017, 2018. Including members, current and former staff of the committee and their family members, including minor children, were notified last month by Apple that the the Department of Justice had issued grand jury subpoenas in February 2018 for their information. The breadth of these requests for information, a long list which included the chairman and the potentially partisan nature of the subpoenas, raised troubling questions about the department's willingness to engage in a partisan investigation on the former president's behalf. Now, we have Norm Eisen, Andrew McCabe, and Dana Bash joining us. Uh, Dana, let me ask you the question that uh, started uh, all of our conversations tonight, which is, have you ever heard of anything like this? No. And, you know, it is is so easy uh, now, especially looking back and learning more about the Trump administration to say, oh, you know, this is just another norm busting move by the Trump administration. It's not. It's not. I mean, it was bad enough when we learned about the uh, information that they were seeking uh, from reporters. But to do this, not just from members of Congress, but from specifically members of Congress who had been aggressively trying to investigate them. Congress is first in the Constitution. Congress has the oversight, not the administration. And the fact that the DOJ was used in so many political ways, but in this particular uh, unprecedented, as far as we know, remarkable way, I, I don't even have words for it. Now, the good news, Andrew, as we discussed earlier, the people who are involved at the higher levels are still there. Uh, So they would have to cooperate with any internal investigation. If they started asking for information in 2018 and Apple was gagged until just last month, does that mean that they could have been collecting data on these people all the way through the Trump administration? Because it doesn't say when it stopped. It's really hard to know that at this point, Chris. We haven't seen any of the legal process that was served on Apple, which would have the the time period for which the collection was authorized. So it may have been, you know, it could have been 30 days, could have been longer than that. Um, The uh, non-disclosure orders that sometimes accompany that sort of uh, that sort of process typically run much longer than the collection period. So it's hard to make an assumption about that based just on how long we know the gag order was in place. Mm. And Norm, the idea of who was involved going after Obama staff, uh, interviewing them, uh, no charges, um, then it gets a little sticky for them because Ratcliffe 
who was the director of national intelligence and a close Trump ally, uh, damaged the inquiry in May 2020 when he declassified transcripts of the calls. The authorized disclosure would have made it more difficult for prosecutors to argue the news stories. So at the same time that they were hunting down the leakers, his own guy put out the transcripts of the calls, which made it harder to make it a national security case. Chris, one of the reasons that democracy survived the onslaught of the past four years is this was the gang that couldn't shoot straight. Uh, when I was uh, counsel for the committee on the impeachment, I saw con- then Congressman Ratcliffe up close, and uh, uh, he was a complete lapdog uh, pet poodle uh, for Donald Trump, doing whatever he thought would win the favor of the president. And to think that he enjoyed the incredible power of the DNI and the ability to do damage uh, is uh, is uh, terrifying. And Chris, I don't think we're at the end. You and I have talked about this and we keep saying, where is the bottom? Uh, I don't think we're at the end of hearing these revelations. It was a seemingly bottomless pit of abuse of power. It's the nightmare of the framers. Well, it's interesting that it took this long to come out, to be honest, Dan. I'm kind of surprised uh, by that. Now, in here, in this statement from the committee, there's some interesting language. The committee expects the department, DOJ, uh, to provide additional information. And we would support an internal investigation by the department into its own actions. It's kind of... uh, Mm -hmm kind of light language there. Uh, It doesn't seem as though they're like, we're calling you, figure out what happened. They're all still there. And then come tell us because we have to figure out who to go after about this. It doesn't seem that strident. It it doesn't probably because it's not the Trump administration in charge now. Uh, An investigation seems pretty uh, sort of basic when you're talking about Uh, the Biden administration, and you're talking about Merrick Garland, who was specifically tapped by President Biden in order to separate uh, the Justice Department from, you know, really horrific notions like what we are seeing reported tonight. And so, uh, you know, this is a, a Democrat calling on a Democratic administration to do something that uh, probably doesn't need to be demanded like we saw when the Trump administration was there. You know, Andrew, what do you say uh, to members of the current administration? President Biden and Dana, check me on this if you think I'm going too far. He was pretty quick to say early on, no, I don't want to investigate Trump anymore. Um, And I have heard from people around him and we've heard from the president before, we really want this guy in the rearview mirror. If they say, look, don't chase this down, Uh, make sure it doesn't happen again, change your internal procedures, talk to the people who did it, Um, make sure it wasn't their idea, but then leave it alone. Uh, What is your word of advice? Is that okay with you? Absolutely not. And I and I doubt that uh, this administration, that President Biden would would send that sort of direction to the Justice Department. The Justice Department should be opening and closing investigations based on the facts that they find and the information that's presented to them. They should not be taking direction from the White House on how to pursue investigations, why they should keep open investigations that the facts uh, like here don't didn't uh, didn't call for continuing. Uh, I don't see A.G. Garland, uh, Garland taking that sort of uh, direction from the White House, and I don't think the White House would give it. The, it's up to the Department of Justice to try to break away from this sordid and mercifully short uh, history under President, former President Trump. Um, and honestly, you know, I'm not sure that you want DOJ doing that investigation entirely independently and internally. You know, maybe the time has come for Congress to get involved and to start calling people up to the Hill, putting them, uh, sitting them down in front of the microphone and collecting some testimony so we all find out about uh, the sort of uh, activities that were going on under Session and Trump. Norm, don't get mad at me, but doesn't Congress kind of stink at this? I mean, how many hearings have we watched where they have people come on where it becomes like a circus and they're all trying to pose with their questions? Sometimes people do well. Sometimes people evince testimony when they have people like you putting all the ideas in their head. But most of the time, they're not that great at this, are they? Uh, Well, uh, Chris, uh, that's why you bring in outside counsel. 
I had the privilege of doing it in the first impeachment of examining witnesses, kicking off the hearing uh, by examining the witnesses, and then the members asked their question. So in every important investigation uh, of the modern times from Watergate on down, they've brought in outside counsel to help do the work, to help organize the work. Um, And uh, that's what's going to be needed. I I agree with Andy. I think Congress needs to look at this and they need to do a serious inquiry, um, either with a a capable counsel from the outside or staff counsel can also uh, very ably ask questions, lead the inquiry. Let's figure out what happened. Let's pass a law so that it's not just a matter of, oh, you violated ethics rules. DOJ internal ethics rules, by the way, say you can't uh, pursue investigations for political reasons or to curry favor with the president. But that's not enough. We need tougher restrictions here. Frankly, for the really outrageous abuses, we may need not only civil remedies, but also criminal ones. We can't let this happen again in America. It's just too dangerous. Dana, last word to you and any feel for the stomach of of the Biden administration to go after this. Well, it depends on how you define going after this, right? I mean, I, it, it seems to me that these two notions of, of DOJ doing an internal investigation and Congress doing its own investigation are not mutually ex- exclusive. Part of the problem, uh, as you were alluding to, Chris, is that Congress uh, can have public hearings, and those are incredibly important, but it, it quickly devolves into, into partisanship. And the benefit of uh, an IG report, in addition to that, is that it is independent. It is, it, yes, it's internal. Maybe there's another way to do it, but you know, it seems it seems to have, um, you know, more credibility because it comes from within as opposed to uh, Congress, which is incredibly partisan. Never mind the fact that we are talking about uh, members of Congress who were at the um, who, who are the victims here. They were the ones who were investigated uh, in a way that does not seem appropriate. Well, if we've learned anything recently, it's that Congress won't necessarily go after something, even if they are the targets and victims of the situation. They wouldn't even investigate January 6th. But look, the way to do this is I had your better minds. This is beautiful. Now we got to hear from Chairman Schiff, um, because if anybody's going to push the ball forward, he will. So thanks uh, to them. And now there is the chairman. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back. When did he learn about this? What does he think about this? Why does he think this happened? And what does he think has to happen now? Next. All right, let's uh, bring in one of the men at the middle of this breaking news about the Trump abuse of power using the Department of Justice to go after political opponents. House Intel Committee Chair Congressman Adam Schiff. Thank you for joining us on short notice, sir. Bet. Good to be with you. Uh, let's start with a non-political question. How did you feel when you learned that you were being targeted this way by the United States government? Uh, you know, look, uh, shocked on the one hand, not surprised on the other. Uh, I did wonder, you know, for a few years with the president calling for a committee to be investigated, calling for me to be investigated, whether, you know, the department was going to do it. Uh, and, you know, certainly it looks like they were going after uh, records of the committee, including my own. Uh, what they were looking for, I still don't know. Apparently they didn't find anything, but when they wanted to close down the investigation, Barr wouldn't let them. Uh, and uh, it's just another terrible abuse uh, of the rule of law, the Department of Justice. I spent almost six years with the Department of Justice. Uh, I love my experience there. I venerate the department and to see how it was turned into this bludgeon uh, to go after the president's enemies and a shield to protect those who lied for him, people like Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and others. Uh, It's it's disgraceful, but it's also such a body blow to our democracy. Um, Does it matter to you that they used grand juries to get this subpoena? Does that add legitimacy to the efforts? It doesn't add legitimacy. It just kind of uh, expands the abuse to abuse the grand jury process in this way. Um, and, you know, while I can't go into who received these uh, subpoenas or, or whose records were sought, I can't say that it was extraordinarily broad. Uh, people having nothing to do 
uh, with within you know the intelligence matters that are at least being reported on. Uh, it just shows what a broad fishing expedition it was, uh, and uh, and so many norms were broken in connection with this. The the norm of a president not uh, involving himself in specific cases. Here you got the president calling on his opponents to be investigated. Uh, the norm of a uh, the president seeking records from a member of Congress and staff and doing so on a partisan basis, uh, going after a committee that was investigating him. Uh, you know, one guardrail after another, just smashed by this uh, unethical former president, uh, and just shows you how much we are reliant on people to say no. Uh, and if they don't stand up to an unethical president, how quickly the guardrails can come down. Well, two shocking things here. One, the situation is actually a little bit more perverse than even you suggested, because according to the New York Times and as seconded by uh, CNN uh, in major part, the cases were looked at under sessions, closed. Barr comes in in 2020, and it's not just about keeping them going. It's restarting them. He brings in somebody new. He creates a new circle of trust. He is told by staffers, yeah, there's really nothing there. That's why the cases are closed and reopens them. And the only thing that changed during that period, other than him, was Trump saying he wanted you looked at. Have you ever heard of anything like this before? No, uh, certainly not. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, brought about these new norms after Watergate um, to prevent exactly this kind of abuse. Uh, but uh, but they didn't survive this presidency, and uh, but it is shocking. Um, at the same time, look, Bill Barr lied to the country about the Mueller report. Uh, he lied to Congress about what he was aware of Mueller's objections to his his uh, uh, false summary. Um, he had a, a long pattern of duplicity, uh, as well as intervening in specific cases of Roger Stone and Mike Flynn. Uh, to try to protect those who are lying to cover up for the president uh, and to authorize investigations of his opponents. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I view Bill Barr as the second most dangerous person in the country after Donald Trump. Uh, and this is just further proof of that. Thing. Without revealing their identities, um, to your knowledge, how many people were swept up in this effort in terms of looking at people's records? I, you know, a lot. And the, the, the reality is, I don't really know how many because, uh, and I think we'll find out about more now that the story has broken, because uh, people got these notices, these emails from Apple and thought they were either spam mm. uh, or that they were, you know, uh, some kind of a spear phishing attempt or something. Uh, and so I'm not sure that we know how many are impacted. Uh, and, you know, I would like to know, we've asked the Justice Department was this just going well, they after know. Democrats and yeah. Democratic staff? They know. They know. They, they know exactly um, who was looked at and for what period. Just to be clear before uh, people misconstrue the idea about Apple. Apple was under a gag order. Um, yeah. I, and obviously, you know all this, Chairman, but the, uh, for the audience. Uh, so the DOJ said, you're going to give us these records and you're going to shut up. And ordinarily, uh, that the period that they look for records uh, is much shorter than how long someone is gagged to give them time to make a case. So Apple just started telling people last month there was another uh, provider who was telling people early last year that they had been asked about this. So Apple, you know, didn't choose not to do this. They weren't allowed to do it as far as we understand under the gag order. Um, but in terms of the scope of this, in just the last week, OK, people say don't look back. You have to, because such a big part of Trump's attraction was that he was going to go and disrupt the chaos. He was going to go in there and disrupt the ugliness and the deep state stuff. In just the last week, you, the CNN revelations, Meadows asking the DOJ to investigate nonsensical allegations of election fraud, the Rudy tape, Zelensky's assistant, the president of Ukraine at that time, watching and listening, echoing that, yeah, Rudy did it and then Trump did it. All of this was going on. And then the DOJ was being used as the muscle arm to shut people down who were going after the president's behavior. I mean, 
I, I can't think. I mean, it literally makes Watergate, Watergate look like uh, jaywalking. Well, you know, I remember during Marie Ivanovich's testimony, um, and this was this courageous ambassador uh, to Ukraine that the president and his son and others just ruthlessly smeared to the point where her life was in danger. I remember uh, during her testimony, she was uh, called by the State Department and said, you need to get back to Washington right away. You need to be on the next plane. And she was incredulous, you know, what's happening, what's going on? And she talked about how she wondered, am I under investigation or something? And I remember thinking, you know, I know how you feel. Now, I didn't know about this at the time, but, uh, but you know, I never expected in this country to feel the way that so many people do in, uh, in the developing world that they could be the subject of investigation by an unscrupulous executive just because they want it done. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's such a terrible turn for this country. Um, and, you know, we've got to put up stronger guardrails to make sure this kind of thing never happens again. So what do you see as remedial here? Uh, the statement from the committee is, uh, I have all this paper on my desk. Um, the statement from the committee is that you look forward to information from uh, the DOJ about this and you support an internal investigation. Uh, what needs to be done here? The good news is many of the people who are at the top of the food chain during these efforts are still at the DOJ, means, meaning that there will be a higher degree of compliance expected, assuming there's no criminality attached. And Andrew McCabe said, and I, seem, uh, I, I, su I suggest the same, it's not a criminal situation at this point. Um, what do you want to have happen? Well, look, I think there needs to be an internal investigation within the Department of Justice, uh, not just involving, you know, this abuse of power with respect to our committee, but also what they were doing to reporters and press organizations, the attorney general's intervention in specific cases like Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and others. I mean, in the case of Mike Flynn, this person who twice pled guilty, um, you know, Barr went to the extraordinary step of seeking to have that case dismissed. The judge in that case appointed someone to advocate against the Justice Department. I mean, that just doesn't happen very often, if ever. Uh, and so I think the department needs to really clean house and look at all of these ways in which the department was abused and take corrective steps and implement new policies uh, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, you know, in terms of the Congress, you know, I can't play a role uh, because they went after some of my records. Um, but I do think the department uh, needs to uh, do a lot of uh, self-examination, get to the bottom of how it was misused and abused and take corrective action. Why are you conflicted out when you were victimized by the effort? They didn't find anything on you. The case is closed against you. And there was never any proof brought to any kind of um, point of consequence. No, that's true. But, you know, I, I think there would be a perception uh, that, that, you know, I have a personal stake. And of course, as a victim of this, I do. So, look, I, I think that um, others uh, are, are better situated to look into this than I am. Um, but I think most important because the department is going to be very reluctant to share uh, and it's going to be a fight to get information. We need to encourage uh, the new attorney general uh, to do an internal and independent investigation and take corrective action. And uh, just one more circle back on something that CNN is trying to nail down, uh, that there were over 100 people in the basket of who they were collecting records on. Does that sound like anything that's familiar to your understanding of the scope of the situation? Uh, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, right. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was an extraordinary number, because just the, the circle that I'm aware of uh, was so overbroad um, that, that they clearly were not discriminating. They were simply fishing uh, and looking to validate the president's continued false attacks and smears. This is exactly what people thought Trump would change, which is something like a deep state where they're using an institution of government to investigate you in search of proof against you, as opposed to proof driving an investigation. It is exactly what they thought he would change. And he was the ugliest example of the problem I've ever seen. Congressman Adam Schiff, thank you very much. Appreciate you being with us, Chairman. We'll be right back. Thank you. Different story, another troubling question. Nicole Harper, two months pregnant, driving 84 in a 70. State trooper catches her, turns on the siren, 
flashes his light. She doesn't pull over. She travels over to the right lane with her hazard lights on and slows down. She says two minutes and seven seconds after the trooper performed a pit maneuver on her vehicle, allegedly causing her to lose control. This is the video. Why didn't you stop? Are you the only one in the vehicle? Yes. Okay. Well, ma'am, you've got to pull over. Harper feared that the crash had killed her baby. It didn't. CNN reached out to the Arkansas State Police for a statement. They haven't responded. Harper joins us now. Thank you for joining us. Uh, first things first, how's the baby? Oh, perfect. Beautiful, beautiful. How old now? Four months. Great, great. Uh, that's really all that matters. So let's go through the fact pattern. Um, you see the lights come on, you're speeding. You don't stop and pull over, why not? Honestly, the shoulder did not have enough room for, for my car alone, but my thoughts were also he, the officer didn't need to be standing beside my car there. Like there literally was not enough room. So two minutes and seven seconds by your count. Um, you know, the question becomes why that long? There was nowhere that you could pull over along that time. No, um, if you if you watch a little bit more of the video, or I guess it was a little bit before where he hit me, um, you'll notice a sign that says the exit is one mile away. Um, just after he hit me, the road kind of turns and it opens up and the shoulder does get bigger. There is more space and it would have been so much safer. Um, did you slow down? Yes, of course. So he did that pit maneuver. We're showing the video of that right now. Um, he did that to you when you were already slowing down. You didn't maintain the same speed or accelerate. No, not at all. And in terms of personal safety, explain again, did you not stop because you thought the police were going to hurt you? I never would have thought the police would hurt me. So you didn't pull over just because you thought that um, it wasn't easy enough to do on that road. Right. I didn't feel like there was an adequate amount of space on the side of the road for my car and the officer to be standing beside it. You're being charged with speeding, failing to yield to an emergency vehicle. Um, The driver's license manual says... Pull to the nearest, safest spot out of the traffic lane. Do you believe that that's what you were intending to do at the time? Or had you passed what was the nearest? You don't think that you passed up where the nearest, safest spot was? No, no. And when the trooper came over to you, he was seen on tape saying to you, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you stop? How did you feel about that back and forth with him. You say to him, I was pregnant or what happened? What happened? How did you think he was with you after that? I mean, I thought like he was getting on to me, um, telling me I was doing something wrong. And in, in my mind, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And, and I was, I was trying to keep us both safe. How fast do you think you were going when he hit you? Um, I mean, I'm not certain, but I believe I slowed down anywhere between 60 and 65. You certainly weren't still speeding, though. You don't think you could reasonably think you were trying to get away? There's no way he could have thought I was trying to get away. And the hazards were on. Um, Right, exactly. My hazards were on. I had clearly slowed down. So you're suing them, but what do you think of the fact that they are charging you, even though what they discovered in the car was a pregnant lady who clearly wasn't trying to get away, and I assume they didn't find anything in the car because they're not charging you with anything except what we see on tape? 
What does it mean to you that you're charging you? And what do you want out of suing them? I don't understand how they're charging me with fleeing when I, I wasn't fleeing. Um, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Hmm. Nicole uh, Harper, the good news is this. The baby's okay. You're okay. And this is going to be litigated and we'll see where the liability lies and what needs to change. So I appreciate you taking this opportunity and I'm happy the baby and you are safe. Thank you so much. All right. Be well. And again, we reached out to the Arkansas State Police. They haven't answered. When they do answer, I told you what she's been charged with. I showed you the video. Uh, If they say anything that fundamentally changes our understanding, you'll hear it right away. All right. We're going to take a break. Stay with CNN. All right. That's it for me. Thank you for the opportunity. Don Lemon tonight starts now with its big star, D. Lemon. I, I watched your show talking about this whole Justice Department thing and what they were doing. Look, this is egregious, but it's only six months out from the former guy. This is, I feel there's going to be more. I think there's more where this came from. We're in a very, very dangerous place right now. Regardless of the scope and the breadth of it, the pity is People were not wrong to want a change agent. They were not wrong to want somebody from outside the game to come in and stop all the shenanigans and the inside plays and the toxicity. Are you talking about the 2020 election? be disruptive. Yeah, always. But what they need to understand is the reason this party, this, this story matters, is that they just picked the wrong change agent. You're talking about Joe Biden? No. When people voted for Trump, I completely disagree with you. I think the change. Let me make my point. No, but change just for the sake of change, Chris. No, it wasn't change for the sake of change. Trump wasn't a change. You've never understood this. It was never change for the sake of change. Trump is not. No matter what you're saying, you're never going to tell me that Trump was a change agent for good. And people thought that by him coming in, that he was going to be some sort of great change agent that was going to. That's exactly what they thought. Well, uh, they were absolutely wrong. I know. How could you think he's going to be a great change agent when he's going to grab women by the pussy? He's go. He thought the former president uh, was uh, wasn't born in this country when he had, had said and done all. How could anyone on earth think that Donald Trump was the perfect change agent for them? One would have to be delusional to think that. Okay. It wasn't a change agent. Okay. He was a change agent. You say perfect change agent. I never said perfect no, change agent. No, I didn't say I mean, I didn't say perfect. You just said, how okay. would they think he was a perfect well, change agent? how would agent? they think he's going to be a change think agent? They didn't think that. Well, I was wrong when I said perfect. We're, go right, on. Good. We're getting somewhere. When they looked at the field, they said all these guys are this, and women, are the same old insider elitists. This guy played the game, knows the game, big celebrity, has lots of money, so they believed he couldn't be bought, and he seems to hate the same people I do, and he seems to hate the same things I do, and he's going to go in there, and he's going to be disruptive, and I don't care what he says, and I don't care what kind of guy he is, because all these men and women stink. They're all low character, so he's no different than anybody else. Then he gets in there, and he is the worst example of everything they don't like about government. What this story shows is he is everything that he promised to change. I don't think anybody thought anything of what you just said. I think the people who wanted Donald Trump in said, I'm afraid that my voice, as the preeminent voice, I am afraid that it is not going to be the preeminent voice anymore. I think that he exploited the worst parts of people's personality, of their psyche, and of their thinking. Both are true. I don't think it was a change. This wasn't a change agent. Both are the, true. The administration before, that was the hope and change administration. That's both what people are thought. true. No, I, no, you can't tell me that both are true. I am telling you, you both are true. You can't say that a, a change agent is someone who comes in and what? Moves the culture forward. Someone who... That's what he wanted. There were Obama voters who voted for Trump. He won suburban (laughs) voters because there were people who hated the system as it was and wanted an insurgent. They just picked the wrong guy. There were also white people who were playing to white fright 
And he appealed to that as well None with his xenophobia and his being a Democrat. True. Have you read the studies? Have you read, Don, have you again, heard what people have said about why they wanted Donald Trump? It had nothing they to do absolutely with say what I'm saying right now. They didn't want it to. They wanted things. They wanted to go back. If you want, if you tell me that they wanted things to go back to a time where there wasn't equity and equality in our society, where bigots rule the country, then I would say yes. Don, but seventy-four that's not a million agent. people voted for this guy in the most recent election. Yeah. It's not because they're all racist. No, it doesn't okay. have to do with all being racist. You can be naive. You can be racist. You can have a bias. You can have fear you can of the be, far left. You can be unconscious. You can believe that the other guy is an inside animal who's going to play the same but, kinds but of games. But none of the studies show that there was a fear of the far left. That's all political gobbledygook. All of that, what you just said, has nothing to do with reality. If you look at the studies and you listen to the people who uh, Donny O'Sullivan interviews, the Trump supporters. Donny O'Sullivan. <laughs> Listen, I love Donny. He talks to conspiracists and okay. cult followers. We didn't have 74 million. Look, here's what I'm saying, not to get okay. too far afield. All right. This DOJ story is proof that Trump was everything he said he was against. The whole virtue to him for Trump people that they clung to was he's different than the others. He won't do the same kinds of bad things. He's not a politician, so he says lots of stupid stuff. But he'll, he'll stop their games. He was the game. He's yeah. the ugliest example of the game. I have never seen anybody get right. a DOJ to do what he did here. Well, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to agree to disagree because I think this shows that Trump was everything that he said he was, that he was a bigot, that he was small-minded, that he wasn't looking out for the interest of the country, that he had to people have to cheat to win. I think that this is all a culmination of exactly what he says he was, exactly what he showed us. So while it is outrageous and it is disgusting that he's digging into uh, people's personal information that, that he's, he's having trying, the DOJ do that it. he's having the DOJ it's one thing if he it. did it yeah but he had them do it well, but that's but he, he that's exactly what he said he was going to do not that he was hiding and then all of a sudden we find out that he was this magnanimous person and it's oh my gosh this wasn't what Donald Trump promised us it's exactly what he promised us to use the lever of government for levers of government for what his own interests that's what he's doing and that's, that's what he absolutely did. what he did yeah. he did it from jump the yeah. whole time. I'm saying why people originally voted for him. They, they still feel the same way. I mean, yeah. I talk to people all the time on the radio and in my life and obviously as an extension of this place. And they say, I hate the way things are. I hate the culture. I hate the system. I want somebody to get in there and change it. Yeah. It's not an uncommon call. They just picked the worst guy ever, if that's what they wanted, because he is an example of exactly the opposite. I've said what I have to say. I love you and I'll be watching. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I'll see you this weekend. This is Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.